I think that it's really our job to invite them in to see what really life is like for not only our team members, but our residents and our um, family members, just so we can really start to have a lot more transparency in this industry. And, and I want to be a part of that. Welcome to season six of Bridge the Gap, a podcast dedicated to informing, educating, and influencing the future of housing and services for seniors. Powered by sponsors AccuShield, Connected Living, Hamilton Captel, Refera, The Bridge Group Construction, and Salinity. The contributors are brought to you by Peak Senior Living and produced by Salinity Marketing. Welcome to the Bridge the Gap podcast. I'm Christy Vander Westheisen. I'm SVP of Sales and Marketing at Legend Senior Living, and I'm so thrilled to be here with Josh and Lucas of Bridge the Gap podcast. This is amazing. Our Bridge the Gap ambassador, our Bridge the Gap contributor, Christy, she is here <laughs> hosting this special edition of Bridge the Gap contributor. Um, and the topic's going to be sales and marketing. You are well known in the industry in this topic. You have uh, contributed to many, many different podcasts, uh, you know, in the Bridge the Gap library. Are, are you tired of me yet? We're not tired <laughs> not of you. We want more of you. Ooh. And we, you know that. I mean, we see the feedback that we get on uh, LinkedIn and places like that. Um, we love your content. Um, and I think it's just very, very valuable to the industry. The industry has changed yes. and shifted so much. And this is a fun conversation because I've sat in the background and listened to your solo podcast. So it's a, a, a pleasure to be able to have a conversation with you. You know, it, there's been so many changes. Yes. Sales and marketing doesn't look the same as it did five years ago. Right. You agree? Yes. Yeah, I absolutely do. And I think one thing that is so different is that we meet the customer where they are. And when I started in the industry about 14 years ago, it was very much gated. I felt like people had to reach out to me as the sales director to find out more information. And we held it very close to the vest. Um, the only kind of thing that we would do is we would mail a large brochure with all the pricing and all the floor plans and probably way too much information for someone to digest on their own. Um, or we would schedule a tour without really knowing anything about that person. And so now I feel like sales and marketing has transformed into just this amazing transparency um, uh, really forum of how much information can we get to the consumer when they want it, how they want it. Um, and a lot of that is online. It's people are reading reviews a lot more. Um, we're utilizing either live chat or um, chat bots to have conversations with prospects and their families, where they are, how they want the information. And so I think that we've really made great strides in um, understanding consumer behavior and how to communicate better with our consumers. I still think we have a long way to go um, because I do think that, that we still are an opaque industry, if, um, if I could use that word, where a lot of people don't really know what happens behind um, the, the doors of our assisted living and memory care communities. And so I think that it's really our job to invite them in to see what really life is like for not only our team members, but our, um, our residents and our um, family members, just so we can really start to um, have a lot more transparency in this industry. And, and I want to be a part of that. 
So the transparency, I would totally agree with you. I, it's, I think it's improved a lot, yes. as you said, um, just in the time that we've been in the space, but needs to improve a lot more. So in your crystal crystal ball, the crystal oh. magic ball, crusty <laughs> crystal ball. Yes. How do I how do I say that? But <laughs> what do you see ahead? Where do we need to continue to move and to get that transparency that you're describing? What are some of the things we're going to have to be willing to do as an industry that maybe we're not doing today? Yeah. I think that pricing on websites, at least starting at rates, gives um, consumers at least a glimpse of um, what the cost could be for for themselves or their loved ones. So I think pricing is really important and explaining what the price includes, right? I mean, we all know we're in the industry. It includes, it, it includes so much more than just monthly rent, like how you and I would pay rent. Um, but it includes so much more. Um, and really talk about the lifestyle because that you can't really put a price tag on. The um, uh, the, the loneliness and isolation that sometimes our seniors feel in their own homes, you can't put a price tag on removing that barrier from them. And so really explaining what that, that looks like. And again, that has to be on, on the website somehow um, where people can, can read it and digest it at their own rather than having to pick up the phone and call us and having us explain it. So not only just price transparency, I think just especially online, but I think that transforming the tour experience I think is really where our industry is going. Um, I have this grand idea that we're going to get rid of the word tour and we're going to call it the experience because as a sales director, um, I want a, a, a prospective resident to come in and experience what life is going to be like if they move in to that specific community. And you don't get that when it's here is the dining room, here is the right. pool area, here is the spa. You don't get that if you're doing the jungle, um, the jungle cruise tour. And you know, I, I, I mean, I used to, I'm totally guilty of this. I used to call people who were really great in sales and marketing, I said they were great tour guides. I wish I never said that because that's absolutely wrong. We're not tour guides, we are experience givers and solution finders and problem solvers and hand holders. But our goal, I think, in the future is to really showcase, okay, what is life going to be like for that person if they do indeed um, make the change and, and move into the community. So I would love to see the word tour just poof, magically disappear and replace it with experience. Well, if you had a choice, do you wanna go on a tour or have an experience? Ooh. It's an easy choice. We want the experience. We do. For sure. That's what we want. Yes. Yeah. Well, so I want to go back to, because uh, you brought up a couple of big things okay. there, but the, the pricing yes. transparency, you know, it's really interesting. I think all three of us could probably agree most of the time, pick anything that we shop for as consumers. Right. We're on our phones most of the time, hitting up Amazon or eBay mm -hmm. or wherever we're searching and we're comparing and there's a pretty much any other product or service that we would buy, we can shop for, we can see not only the star ratings yep. and all the reviews, but we can see 
the pricing and know exactly what we're getting. We know exactly what it's going to cost. And even Airbnb, similar, like to move it more yes. towards yes. a hospitality model, right. you know, it's different than, yeah, if you want to book a, Mar- a, a room at Marriott, it's, you know, unless this is a family vacation that you're really diving into, you're going to book that room. But at mm-hmm. an Airbnb, back to an experience a lot of times, right? And right. there's more details. You're going to read and look at reviews and make mm-hmm. that. It's a tough decision just for an Airbnb. Yeah. yeah. Well, and you know, to get to transparency, I feel like we've got to, there's so many things because you, you immediately rattled off like two things, but even just looking at pricing, the technology we know is already out there for us to leverage in senior living to make pricing more. Mm -hmm. So you have to start asking, I think, well, like, why is it? What is preventing us from being more transparent? Do you have any insight right. on that? Is that just behavior that we're stuck in or is there some fear? What do you think it is? Oh, I think it's fear-based. I think that it might it might be because um, if we put our pricing out there, then maybe we're not getting the phone call, as many phone calls as we did, or not getting any um, as many web forms as we used to. But when you look at the quality of phone calls and web forms and all of that, I feel like you will start to see an improvement because people already know when they're calling or submitting that um, they already understand some basic pricing rather than, I feel like people don't call places to ask rates just out of the blue. I mean, just think of just regular consumer behavior. You don't, you don't call the Mercedes Benz dealer and just go, Hey, how, how much is that car? No, you, you do some research and you, um, and so I think that it's fear of maybe we're not going to capture all the leads that we used to. But again, when you think about it, you're probably getting a lot more quality rather than the quantity. So I think it's fear-based. I feel like that's a whole conversation in and of itself, this lead. Like something, I feel like many bad habits have been formed in the industry around putting leads on a pedestal. Like it's just like there's this big golden calf of leads. We need more leads. I feel like that conversation (laughs) and really more of the conversation needs to shift. But I think that the actual actions behind it need to completely be reimagined. Well, and you know, going back to your, I think you're the one Lucas said, Airbnb model. I, I know there's certain times, uh, certain trips that I take that I'm looking for certain types of Airbnbs, like mm-hmm. certain services, certain sizes, certain budget. And you have to think the consumer, uh, not only pricing, but description of how our services are unique and different. Because if you've got, let's say in any market, five different senior living communities, I could probably guarantee you they're not all exactly the same. So supporting your pricing structure by being transparent on actually what you deliver, because then you're educating the consumer on this is where we're different. And so, but that does require a lot of intentionality and it does require a lot of, a lot of work and, and transparency. So, um, but then, then talk about this experience. So in the Christie's world, thinking of experiences <laughs> yes. and, and the magic that I've heard you talking about, explain where you see this going or where it needs to go. Right. So the whole world, uh, the word experience, and I know my husband absolutely hates it because anytime it's my birthday or anniversary, he says, what do you want? 
for for um, what do you want as a gift? And I'm like an experience. <laughs> I want an the experience. Yes. yes, every husband yeah. ducks under the table, wither yes. yes. away. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so it's not a thing; it's an experience. And so I think that if we start to frame, okay, what will what is the experience of our current residents? Number one, can that be improved? Um, and then two, what is the, the experience that a, a potential resident gets when they walk in uh, a, a new building for the first time? Are they feeling that intangible magic? Are they feeling welcomed, and, uh, warmly welcomed? Are they feeling expected? Um, all of those things I feel like you will not get if you continue to call it a tour. To me, a tour, again, is a scripted thing with no feelings, no desires. It's, it's a pre presentation of facts. Whereas we know when we're um, looking at choosing an Airbnb or choosing an experience, um, we are looking at some intangible things, right? Or unique things that maybe you know, if you call it a tour, you won't get. And so I think that um, calling it experiences or a, or a, a future resident experience, um, I think that our, our potential residents will really get what does it feel like living here? What does it smell like? What does it taste like? It, am I getting the, the good tingles or am I getting a bad feeling? And no amount of amazing salesmanship will counteract that sure. I really feel like that sure well and the first things that the the areas of opportunity that you just mentioned in the beginning just like expecting them welcoming them these are <laughs> things that you can control and they're not expensive right so control what you can control mm -hmm. and then it's more than what I'm hearing if I'm hearing you correctly it's more than just hey everybody all right we're not going to call it a tour anymore. We're going to call it an experience. You can't go back to the same way of doing it. No. You know, if you're buying a house and you just recently moved, right? Mm -hmm. You don't walk in the house with your realtor. Well, you hope not. And they walk you into the kitchens and they say, this is the kitchen. <laughs> Really? Like, wow. <laughs> I, you just earned your commission, buddy. This is cutting edge stuff, right? No, you don't want, you know, that's not what you're looking for when you're there, right? Yeah. But when you buy a home, there is some of that magic that where you feel this could be our home. Yep. Right? Yeah. So how do you craft that same experience in a senior living community? It's with the people. It's doing really great discovery before they even walk into your building. It's finding like-minded people that you can introduce them to. So to me, again, talking about Airbnb or just vacation experiences, my favorite experiences are not the fanciest places. It's the times where I got to connect with people. Maybe it was my own husband and family, or maybe it was people from another country that we got to meet, but it's the people that make the, the experience. And how do you do that unless you, or how do you do that in senior living unless you're getting to connect one another and people and like-minded people and team members and residents and family members? How do you create an experience without connecting people? I, and I don't know. Yeah. Well, you know, I want to dive into that a little bit more because I'm, I'm, I feel like we're really on to something. It's like, I really want to take 
actionable steps? How can our audience take actionable steps? How can we remove obstacle obstacles? Because I think when you're talking, when we're talking about this, I, I can't imagine a listener being like, no, I don't like that. No, that's not good. <laughs> I no. would like a tour, yeah. just the facts. Yeah. I want to know that this <laughs> so, is the kitchen when I'm standing so in the kitchen. I feel like our entire <laughs> audience right now is like saying hearty amens, like, yes, yes. But then we're probably going to hit pause. We're going to get off the treadmill. We're going to go take our showers. We're going to go to our communities. And then we're back to back tours, to bad back to the bad habits. What you just said, for example, you said being intentional, I, I think, and I'm not quoting you, but you have to do some homework to learn about the resident. But do you think in most organizations, um, not picking on anyone, but in most organizations, do you think we create a culture and incentives that allow for our team members to feel like that is what we want them to do and they're encouraged to do that or they set I feel like sometimes we're put in such of a sales box that like every minute you have to be in the sales zone like closing or calling and I almost feel like that's sometimes almost counterintuitive to doing some of that homework that you need to do to be able to have a meaningful relationship right do you do you get what yes, i'm saying absolutely so yes how do we overcome that that's the, because i think that's a big barrier in our industry right now is because all these great crm tools that mm-hmm. are tracking every single one of our sales efforts and everything yep. like that when are we going to place value on that part of the job to create the experience and 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 create the safe space for our team members and let them know they're they are actually incentivized to do that yes so oh, tell me that's like please. the magic pill yeah uh, but like how do we do a that? whole other podcast yes it is it's 100 percent a whole other podcast um but i think that um i mean one of the simplest things that we can do and and again i'm i'm totally guilty of doing this when i was a sales director but calling it a 10 o'clock tour oh we got a 10 o'clock tour and a noon tour and a two o'clock tour well, that's great, and that shows that people are interested, and you're making a connection on the phone and scheduling the appointment, but who are they? Who is the 10 o'clock tour, right? Who is she as a person? What is her life story? What is something that, that a team member, when hearing it, can connect the dots and then make that connection when they see the 10 o'clock person walking through the door and looking a little lost and a little nervous? It's It's creating, um, uh, it's creating tools and, and usually that's a couple sentences about who this person is to the entire team so that we know who's walking in our doors. There are so many other ways to do that, but I think we need to stop thinking of tours as numbers and not even have names. Um, and think of them as people with amazing life stories that we want to get to learn from. And how do you learn from them unless you ask? Yeah. Right? Absolutely. It's totally a relational driven experience. It's not a transactional. And, uh, you know, I feel like we do that a lot. It's, it is the, it's the 10 o'clock tour. We hope there's a transaction. We need yeah. a deposit after this tour because yeah. then we got to start the admission process. Yeah. You know, all those very sterile kind of things that we do just to try to move someone through the sales move right. in cycle. Right. And maybe you change that, uh, that dialogue to today we have the opportunity to give three experiences and for these people and what our hope is the outcome of these experiences is that they make this their home. Right. Changing the, how you even approach that 
as a you know on a Tuesday. Yes, Lucas, did are you moving out of construction <laughs> I, and now uh, you're into I'm a sales? Contractor, yes, I do construction. Yeah, no, I think <laughs> you you just signed up to be part of uh, the sales well, team we're, here. We're all so. on the sales team. Well, okay? <laughs> I have learned so much from people like Christy and just being involved in the in Bridge the Gap. I learned these things, and the things that I learn actually. I transcribe that back to my construction team because what we are trying to do as a general contractor when we're going in and doing what seems simple, painting the walls, changing the flooring, changing the lights, we're trying to create an experience out of that. You know, we're having an experience. We get to live in their community for three, six months at a time, and we're a part of that experience. And so it's great that I've had the opportunity to learn uh, these types of conversations because I'm making that happen in my own company from a construction standpoint. Well, and this probably ties to a conversation our listeners didn't get to hear because it was before we hit record, which is sometimes our most amazing conversations. <laughs> but we were talking about how Disney, right, right, has done that so well. But you think about if you walked into any Disney park and you walked into like the front area and it was amazing, but then you got back to the back area or you got over here and it was any less amazing. So when we're thinking about this experience, I mean, everybody has to be bought in on that, right? It can't just be the salesperson. It, gosh, just imagine if you've got a room turn going on and that general contractor and that paint crew know that they're there to create the exact same experience as your sales person as your dining person, as your housekeeper, as all of these different people are all with the same goal to paint that experience. How different would our industry look and how different would that experience look for that potential family member that's coming into your community? It's amazing. Fun conversation. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. Well, we need uh, a 2.0. We do. (laughs) We do. And there will be. Um, So uh, these are going to be really fun Bridge the Gap contributor shows where we get to sit down with our rock star contributors like Christy and others. Um, And we have a whole library for people to go back to and and listen to uh, and learn from this great topic of sales and marketing. Uh, This is uh, not the end, but it's the end for now. Uh, Christy, thanks for being here at ASHA with us. Thank you. I know that you have a very busy schedule and you're having a lot of these types of conversations and we're rooting for you. And uh, we know that um, you are a catalyst for change, positive change in our industry. We appreciate all the work you're doing. Thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure being here with you today, and I look forward to many more conversations. Absolutely. It's coming up. And for those that want to go back and listen to other contributor shows, you can go to btgvoice.com, hit that library at the top, and you can connect with all of our content there. Connect with us on social. We want to hear from you. Go to LinkedIn, write us a message. Thanks for listening to another great episode of Bridge the Gap Contributor here on the Podcast Network. Thanks for listening to Bridge the Gap podcast with Josh and Lucas. Connect with the BTG Network team and use your voice to influence the industry by connecting with us at btgvoice.com.